What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Now entering Nerdist.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We meet again. We meet again. We meet again, lover. Oh my god. That was the marvelous Mark Rivers singing, of course, the most important song to ever be recorded in the history of music. Will you accept this, Rose? My name is Arden Marine, and I am on the phone from Atlanta to my co-host for this merry excitement of discovering who the fuck is this new bachelor. She also happens to be Paget Brewster's rival and one of my very best friends, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Lori. Hi, Hi, Lori. Um, you were a hit last week. A lot of people agreed that you were like the Ken Burns of the bachelor world. <laughs> well, it's, it's nice to know that your listeners are forgiving and have low standards. You know who actually has very high standards and does not hold her opinion to herself. Janet Marine does not of Janet of Little Compton Real Estate, uh, home of all your summer rental needs. Although she's told me recently she's sick of rentals, so only call her if you want to buy a house. Um, she thought you were wonderful, and she is very quick to say if you're not. Oh, Janet. Yeah. Well, you know, we had that bonding experience on the trampoline in college. Oh, so my God. I, I, I might be in her good graces. Okay. When I was in college, my friend Katie loved my mom, Janet Marine, so much that she went to college. It was like BJ's, which was, I don't even know if it exists anymore, but it was like what the original Costco in Massachusetts. It's called BJ's. And um, she bought my mom a giant trampoline, and we would, like, crack her egg. And you guys... 
Cry- and I know that she laughs so hard that she always pees her pants. <laughs> did, did she her pee her pants with you? Maybe. Uh, no, she did not pee, uh, pee her pants. And this is actually was the trampoline uh, in Colorado. Mm. Um, yeah. Wait a minute. What do you mean? Oh, that's what you, you remember when, when we lived with Dean in Colorado. Uh, just, yeah. just a few years ago when we were in Oh, my college. God, you, me, and Dean, when we were all at Colorado College. That's right. We uh, had a trampoline outside of Woodhouse, mm-hmm. and your mother mm-hmm. partied like a rock star and jumped on the trampoline. That is so awesome. With me and many other college friends. God, she's awesome. She's so she's, awesome. She's terrific. I'm going to visit her. I'm in Atlanta. Can I, can I just say... This show that I'm, I can't say anything about it is coming out on Netflix next summer. It's called Insatiable, and it is so good. It is so fun. My part is so exciting. I, I, I very rarely am this excited about something. But So I've been in Atlanta. I'm going to be in Atlanta for a while, but I'm going to go visit Janet Marine in Mittens. I'm going to meet her in New York next weekend. She's bringing Mittens to the city. Really? Yeah, she's gonna bring. She brings mittens on walks on a leash. She has a she has a leash for mittens, and then oh, mittens nice. has mittens has thumbs, you know, like mittens has like hands, and and so she's been giving mittens test runs in like farther and farther car rides, hoping she's never been to the city before. So it's gonna be me, and my mom, and mittens in Manhattan next weekend. Wow, well, you <laughs> I know, know, I just attend. Parade. If she dresses up mittens in a costume, she can enter the pumpkin show parade. Okay, now you cut out for a second. You went to the Circleville, Ohio pumpkin show, home of the Circleville Pumpkin Festival. Is that correct? You got it. I just returned from the heartland. Oh my God, how was it? it you know, it was great. My kids prefer traveling to the Midwest uh, over going to Hawaii because I think they're attached to the idea that the only vegetables they will eat will be fried on a stick. And of Yes, one can't deny the allure of a pumpkin donut. Oh, my God. It was terrific. We had a great time. Now, you were in the pumpkin, you were like, were you the pumpkin queen? Well, I... You were in the the royal party, though. No, 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 no. I I was not at all, actually. I um, was nominated, but I turned it down. Yeah, you did. As an early feminist. Yes, you did. Yes, because you, you had to parade around the high school classrooms with a number on you. And I think the boys or the football team got to vote on the, That's the pumpkin show candidates. That's and I wasn't having any part of that. No, you knew. You knew. You knew. And, uh, and uh, dude, I have stayed in your mom's house, and I woke up to a cat fight over my head. So you had, but you, so you must be happy to be home. I know sometimes, do you get, sometimes when people go home, they get a little, they get a, did you revert to your uh, middle school age or were you happy, was it, were you happy to be back in your own home? Oh, I I mean, I'm happy to be back. Yeah. Um, It's certainly quite different out in the heartland. Yeah, yeah. Um, And of course, you know, being with family as lonely as it can be, can also be a bit trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember over uh, Christmas last year, I shared my first podcast of the year, witnessing um, a dog hump somebody on the arm. That was when I realized it was time for me to get out of there. I saw somebody, and then and then my, um, my friend said, "What are you doing?" And the person who was letting the dog hump their arm said, "I'm she's just dominating me." 
And that's when it was time to go. That's when you know that it's time to go. When you're like, okay, when you're watching American Pickers, watching a person have a, like a lap dog dominate their arm is when that's that. In case you're wondering, like, when is it? When have you, when have you overstayed your welcome? For me, that's usually a good clue. Yeah, that's a good signal. Um, I'll look for that next time. I want you to know before we get started, so I'm filming in the morning, and I have grown two zits. I have a zit, truly, that is like 40 zits in one. Do you know what I mean? It's like underground. It's like a mountain. It's like Pike's Peak on my forehead. It's shiny, you know, and like like there's no... This is not poppable. It's like a mountain. It hurts. It's like an egg. It's like somebody like took a golf ball, threw it at my forehead, but made it a zit. <laughs> I cannot. I'm like trying. I'm like, do I tried icing it? That didn't work. So now I'm trying to put like hot water. It, and I'm doing a scene where I'm supposed to be in curlers. I'm like, you can't show this for it's shiny. And then I, I did the hot water last night and I think I burned it. So now there's like. There's like a blister. It is truly, I don't think I've had a zit this large. I don't think anyone's actually ever had a zit this large. I think I might have grown the largest zit on my forehead here in Atlanta. But I want you to know before we get going, um, I was, of course, doing my research, as I do. We had six hours of television to watch for this week's episode. We're going to do episodes four through six of the Emily Maynard season. And in the middle of the night last night, I was watching it Friday night, and there was a fire alarm for the whole building saying the building was on fire. But part, I was just pissed that that meant that I had to, like, pause watching what was going to happen with Ari. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty you, exciting. You escaped, though? You're, you're I okay. escaped. There was no fire. There was even not even a fire department. It was very strange. And I want to say to everybody who's listening along, this week, ABC.com put it on their website. You can watch for free. You can watch for free if you want to see this. Because, oh, God, it's just so exciting. It's so exciting. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And before we get, I also want to say I'm going to be at Hyenas in Dallas doing stand-up December 1st and 2nd. And um, and then I will talk a little more at the end of the podcast about emails that you guys sent us about this San Francisco show and things like that. And Lori can be followed at at batch underscore Lori, L-O-R-I. Um, Lori, here yeah. we go. Wow. Now, what? I mean... Wow, I'm liking Ari. Just the big headline. First of all, this is a very good season. If anyone is on the fence about watching this season or not, I think it's a very good season. I think our new Bachelor, you know, I still don't want to like him, and there is no part of him that I don't like. He is adorable, and he is delightful. He's fun with the guys, and he's great with her. He's a great – we're going to get to it, but this guy is the greatest kisser known to man. Terrific. Is he not terrific? He's really charming and cute. And so he's buddies on the show. I mean, I guess we can just cut to the chase because you kind of can't Google this season without finding out who wins. I'm, I don't want to point it out. Is it bad? Should I not? I won't say. I'm not going to say. Yeah, I don't say. Just okay. Okay. So we're starting out. So we're on episode four. They go to Bermuda. And uh, so there's this dude named Doug. Doug is who we talked about last week. Doug... Um, we were concerned. You and I were discussing this week if you talked about it because your wealth of knowledge is vast. But he's the guy that 
looks like the nicest guy in the world. He's the single dad. But then you told us at the very end of the episode that he has an arrest record for assault or for beating the, the mother of his child and for shooting a gun into the ground. Is that correct? Yeah. You know, what's interesting about this is if you remember the, the last episode, Emily um, talks about Doug saying that he's the least angry person. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we heard we heard this backstory about Doug uh, being in and out of foster homes. Really, you know, really sad story. He had a a horrible story. Yeah. And and so what's interesting, though, is she asks him, what would his ex-girlfriend say? Yes. What did he say? He said um, he said that she would. So they go on this one on one date and he's really nervous and he has – so it turns out this big kind of douchey guy has absolutely no game. Like he he hasn't kissed a woman in years or something. And she said, if I asked your ex-girlfriend what's wrong with you, he said that his thing – well, before we even get to that, he's he's – He's about to, like, punch through a glass wall with the guys. Well, I guess we'll get there in a second. So he tells her, she says, if I asked her ex-girlfriend what was wrong with you, he would say that I wash her card. I don't, I wash her card too often and that I'm too good of a dad. Yeah, yeah. It was something like that, that he spends, yeah, he spends too much time with his kids and he doesn't clean his girlfriend's car. Yeah, What he really meant to say is that, I spend my time with my kids, and I don't clean my girlfriend's car, and I've been arrested for pushing my ex-wife against a wall and not allowing her to leave and then shooting the gun into the ground. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's not washing her car. <laughs> so he's, it he's might not. be. Well, it was interesting watching him because this group of guys is actually incredibly charming with one another, and we'll get to – I love this season's villain. There's like, a, there's, like, the big villain and the small villain. It seems like each season there's, like, one – the equivalent of like this, you know, the mega villain on the on Rachel season was Lee because he was like a legit racist. But then there's also like, um, I feel like people didn't like the guy that won. You know, they thought he was cheesy. Um, so in this season, we have Kaylin, who's like the shiny face guy. But then there's this other villain named Ryan, um, who's 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 amusing. I mean, he's a complete male pig. But he's he's a very fun villain. He's a great villain because he's awful, but he's amusing. Um, but the guy, but generally, aside from those two, she has a really nice group of guys, and so they're all hanging out. And before Doug gets picked, they rile him up about him not having a one-on-one, and he's literally about to punch. Like you feel like he wants to hold all of their necks up against the wall and like punch their faces in. <laughs> I know. How easy was it to push his buttons? It was super tense. Yeah. Um, and Ari made fun of him. Ari afterwards was goes, Doug mad. Doug's like the Hulk. Doug angry. Doug sad. Doug smashed faces. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I mean, oh, Ari is adorable. But it's true. He got completely fired up for no reason whatsoever. And then he told her, he used the phrasing, I scolded all the boys. It's like... Anybody that scolds their peers, like, at the age of 31, like, you're a dick, man. Like, I don't want my equal scolding me. Like, you can just scold somebody when they're five and you're 30 and you're still – they're going to remember you as being a dick when they're adults. Exactly. 
exactly. Yeah, nobody wants to be scolded. But he looks a little roidy. They go on this date. They go buy like glass frogs in, uh, and they go shopping. Um, I just say overall, watching the season. While she's not a firecracker like Caitlin, I do like her. Like, I feel like she's not pushed around by the producers. Like, I feel like she really actually is making her own choices, which is fun to watch. And she's the sweetest, too. She's like, nice. She actually has a backbone. She does have a backbone. She surprised me during this season. Yeah, she does. I, I and, and, and she really... It's interesting because this is all pre-Tinder and stuff like this. So a lot of the guys, like a guy like Doug, and then there's other guys that some of these guys haven't been on dates in like two years, you know? And a few of the guys haven't been on dates in two years. I don't think in 2017 that's happening. I think guys just go on their phone. Like you get the feeling some of these guys haven't kissed a girl in two years. Like – I don't think that – I think the pre-Tinder, I, I don't think – and I, it's an interesting and, – and she really is a beautiful single mom who's not going to – like, you're not getting more than – she'll kiss you, but, like, it, it's it's a very chaste season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She certainly – she certainly is, um, is that traditional – uh, bachelorette who you know likes to handle herself in a very ladylike fashion. That's those are her words, not mine. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, she's she's very traditional in that sense. Well, it's funny because like again, the only ones I've seen are Caitlin and Rachel and JoJo, and they were just much more physical. It was just it's just she's a completely different breed of bachelorette than these three. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and and as I said, I think during our last podcast, ABC was over the moon when they got her because, you know, they couldn't have written a better story about her. Well, and it's also weird and interesting. It makes the guy – it puts the guys on best behavior because her kid is on the show up through episode five. So, like, her kid's in Bermuda. They go to London. The kid's in London. Like, it's a little – a very cute little girl who's on The Bachelor – with they know she's going home to her little girl at night. Yeah, yeah, and, and I appreciate that she doesn't introduce no. Ricky to any of the contestants. No. I think that's a smart move. Agreed. Um, no, I, and she seems like a really good mom. I have to say, like, what you watch her, she's like, you know, it's sweet. She was like, she goes, she's, she even said, and I'm paraphrasing, but like, I, I don't have a lot of talents. I'm not the smartest. I'm not the most gifted, but I think I'm a really good mom. And it made me like her even more. You know, I was like, yeah. you're, you're a nice person. You're, she's a great mom. Um, yeah. So Doug, the guy, the roidy guy, he doesn't kiss her. And it's awkward. And and she she says in her confessional, don't make me make the first move. And then in his confessional, he started talking in the third person and says, if Emily wants a kiss from Doug, she'll let Doug know Emily wants a kiss. <laughs> oh, no. The third person. What motivates a person to talk in third? What motivates Lori to talk in the third person? What motivates Art? When Arden, to talk when Arden's talking in the third person, it's mostly because Arden's it has taken over control of her brain and is – I really feel like a, an, a C, like a C, what do you call it? And it's like not an amoeba, but like almost like a, 
it almost would be like a jellyfish has moved onto my forehead, and that would make Arden talk in the third person. Yeah. I might have to take a picture. I'm going to take a picture and sh- and send it to you in a second of my phone. I'm going to just see if I, I wonder if I could text you my zit. As Your phone. So don't they have a makeup artist to take care of that? They like, do, but just, they like, do. That out? They can just crop out. In theory, zit. they could. In theory, they could. Wait, I got to get some light on this. I don't know if you can really see just how. Okay. Wait, oh my God. It's, it's the width of it. Okay. Okay. I just. <laughs> Facebook, oh my god! Twitter. Okay, I don't think it fully is doing justice, but I'm going to send it to you. It's not fully showing. It's because it, it they can. It's not even like red. It's more just tall and giant. Well, maybe. Do you remember our friend Carrie yes. from college? Yes. Um, do you? She told a story one time how when she was traveling abroad, there was some guy who got bit by a spider or something and then he just thought he had a zit and he popped a zit and that and that were hundreds of little spiders wow no i don't remember that that is what's happening on your head in time for halloween oh my god that is if that happens i'll be so grossed out and excited I think it's going to happen during one of your scenes. I think that's just, that's so adamant. Oh my God. Well, I'm working with Alyssa Milano, who I like so much. Like I like her, but like, I want her to like me. Do you think she would like me less if, by the way, she started a fucking revolution this week and she's the best and I love her. Yeah. With me too. Yeah. She started me too. She's the best. Do you think she would like me less if, um, a hundred spiders crawled out of my exit that's on my forehead? I think, I mean, I can't see why she wouldn't like you more, really. Um, could, did you, did it come through? Did you see the photo I just texted you? I, 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 it came through on my computer. Hang on, let me look here. You're not going to really fully understand the magnitude of what I'm doing. Now. That's quite a picture. You, that is not No, that. it's not a good, no, 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 no. You're not fully seeing it. I'm going to FaceTime you after so I can really show it to you. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. Okay. So I want to get back to, so, um, so he doesn't kiss her. So Ari just overall, so he's hanging out with this guy named Jeff. The two of them are so adorable together. So there's this nerdy guy named Jeff who is like a hipster. And, and aside from Wells, I feel like, I feel like, the Bachelorette never really has real hipsters on it. Yeah, you know, I, I'll say this. We didn't really, really talk about Jeff during the last podcast. Yeah. And I'm telling you, Jeff and Ari are two of my all-time They're favorites. So, so cute. Jeff, They're so cute. Yeah, so cute. And he's, you know, an independently wealthy, former Mormon boy. He's soft-spoken, free-spirited. And during the season, I remember, Jeff was teased relentlessly for his hair and his jeans. But time did him well. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Because he's the the only one. Ari also, Ari loved his skinny tie then. And then if you look at that really dumb Good Morning America meet the new Bachelor photo with him holding out a rose, 
He he's loved his skinny tie in 2012, and he's still in a skinny tie. But and he loves the skinny tie. But Jeff, he was I cute. Mean, he really he really was ahead of his time. No, and these he guys was teased so much for his fashion back in the day. Are you sick? If when you watch this, I mean, I feel like we're watching something from like 2005. Don't you? It does not feel like just five years ago. There is one. There is one shot of Ryan in a tank top. He's so so. All the guys go on a group date except for Ryan, and Ryan is wearing what appears to be like a women's jog bra, gymnastics, like a gym, like a leotard or like a like a woman's speedo that he's just like hanging around. So they go to Croatia. They go from Bermuda to Croatia. She got a lot of. No, wait, they go to London. They're in London. They go to London. So he's hanging out in the hotel in London in this, like, woman's bralette in the hotel. Is that what you would call it? How would you describe that thing that he was wearing? Well, you know, um, for men or women, it it certainly is like a... A camisole, maybe. I, but it I, feels I know much better than I. It I, feels I, like I, a jog bra. It's like or or like a woman, like a or like a preteen training bra. It's like a bra. <laughs> it's like a bra, and it, but it's cut like a lady's racer back, like volleyball. Uh-huh. It's it's like a volleyball top, and it's very becoming. Oh my god, it's <laughs> amazing because he has very. Well-defined pectoral muscles. Yeah, because so he was—he was. That's he was why he's it. Oh my! Because he was. No, you know what? You know that he—he he thinks he knows he looks good. Like in his mind, he's really stuck his landing. Oh my god, he is just—he has so much to offer. Oh my god, and he can't stop. He can't. When you're the one, if you're out there and you're, if if you have any inclination just to keep telling the world how much you have, you should let somebody else, even just pay somebody secretly to tell the world how much you have to offer. Cause when you're the one who keeps saying, I have so much to offer at a certain point, it's like me thinks thou dost brag too much. Like, it's just like, it's good to be confident, but there's a way to phrase it. Oh, he is intolerable. Oh, my God. We'll get to him in a second because okay. it ends on a good one. So they go on a group date, and our future bachelor, Ari, is there. And he is sweet, and he is earnest, and he goes and, – uh, and they um, – Oh, they go to this Shakespeare. Okay, so they're in Stratford-upon-Avon. So she's lost her voice. She is full laryngitis. And um, Ryan is there. Um, and this is the first time in public. So they have to go do Romeo and Juliet. And some people are assigned to play Romeo. And a few of the guys are assigned to play the nurse. And Ari is assigned to play the nurse. And he was adorable because he legit has major stage fright. You can see him actually freaking out. And he just makes the best of it and is such a good sport and wraps his head in the blanket. And he just is, he's, he was just charming and funny and you knew he didn't want to do it. And he gave it his all. He was adorable. Yeah, he was he was so cute. And, and while they were rehearsing for this, uh, I guess this little mini play, uh, she had an interaction with Kalen. Yes. Where oh, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to talk about that right now, but he essentially shooed him away. 
Oh, yes. Uh, or I shoot her away. Too. Yes. Like, whenever – he is, like, the biggest control freak I have ever seen. Like, he – he – you know, he was the same guy, if you guys are listening, he's the same guy last week who said, I love to hear you talk, but, like, don't interrupt me. And then he's so controlling that he's rehearsing, and she comes up to be like, hi, guys, how's it going? You know, and then and then he interrupts, he, like, shoes her away because he's got to, like, land his Shakespeare part. Ugh, he's yes. awful. I know. And he and he shoes her away and he said, you need to run along like she's a dog or something. I mean, I would have pulled some grouchy tiger hidden vacuum shit and sailed through the air to take him out. Oh, my God. I would love to see you do that. Would be amazing. That Thank would be. You. I would love to get to do some wire work in my just in my personal life. You should try to arrange that when the spiders come out of your forehead. Oh, my God. If I could be like, hey, Alyssa Milano, and then fly up in the air, like, if it could, if it could happen on Halloween, and then, like, all of a sudden the spiders come climbing out, and then I'm just, like, in a tornado, just like a symphony of spiders and hair. God. I like it. She'd feel like she was back on Charmed again. She, it'd just be like, I'd be like so exciting for her. I'd be like Shannon Doherty. Um, I asked around, just so you know, because I really take, this is the most important thing in my life. And so I, I asked the makeup artist, why do people with a lot of plastic surgery have shiny faces? I can tell you I have a really shiny face because I have a zit the size of Killington uh, Ski Resort on my forehead. And the skin is getting pulled taut. And it's filled with oil. But I, she said that a lot of people get a lot of peels and that their skin is tighter. Oh, interesting. She thinks it's peels. What are you typing? Okay. I hear you typing something. What are you typing? Oh, you can hear me typing? Yeah, what are you typing? I'm, I'm actually texting you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what comes up. But I have on my do not. Busted. I'm gonna have on. I'm gonna put on my. I'm gonna take off my do not disturb so I can see what you did. You say hit send. What should I, should I just tell you? Yeah. Okay. So um, London is episode five. Yeah. But I have. Uh, I have some gossip. Do it. Do it. You can always say gossip. Okay. Okay. Good. Well. <laughs> well, we can we can talk about Ryan. Well, first of all, Ryan first mentions Emily. As a trophy wife yes, in yes. episode four. Yes, he called her a really good trophy wife. And Ugh. now that this was in the that no, this was in the this was in the episode where they did the London thing. Oh no, we missed the sailing. We missed the sailing. Yeah, we have sail we, we have sailing, we have the trophy wife thing. Yeah, yeah. Is, and Chris arguing about his age. There's okay, yeah, yeah, some yeah. Good stuff. Okay, let's talk about that stuff. Let's talk we're gonna put a pause in guys, I'm so sorry. It's really hard to keep six hours of television from two thousand twelve in order. Okay, let's talk about we'll come back to the sailing. We'll finish up we'll finish up the Shakespeare and then we'll go back to the sailing. So um um so and, I've never seen, like, she was so fucking sick for all of this. She had no voice, but she was a good sport. Um, and, uh, but I'm sure what the locals must have thought, like, the local Shakespearean theater crowd seeing this group of ding-dongs doing Shakespeare in the park, I mean, they, they must have been horrified. 
Yeah, they. I mean, they looked. I, I guess it depends how it was edited, but they they looked like ding dongs themselves, and that they might have appreciated it. Okay, okay, um, okay. You know, I, I would have been a very happy ding dong. Um, I would have too. My question to you is: Would you be stoked to kiss someone who is as sick as a dog like Emily? Oh my god, she was so sick. And Ryan was so excited that he got to do the kissing scene, and he stole, like, four kisses from her. I will say, you know, Ryan, in my mind, let's just call Ryan Matthew McConaughey, because he sounds and kind of looks just like Matthew McConaughey, but in a, in a woman's tank top with um, George Clooney Caesar hair from, like, 2003. If you could picture McConaughey in a ladies, in a ladies gymnastics outfit with a, with a Caesar haircut, that's Ryan. So McConaughey's all excited, and he kisses her. It was a pretty good kiss, even though he's disgusting. It was a pretty good kiss. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, it was an okay kiss. Um, and she admits that they have chemistry. But, you know, what I'm wondering is what factor preempts the sickness? Is it beauty? Is it her sweetness? Oh. I don't know. She sounded pretty, pretty sick. I'm, I would want to kiss somebody who's the sickest, Emily. You know what, these guys, I think they get so competitive that I think it's like, I think it's more, it's about thinking of her as a trophy, and it's like, they're not even, they're not even listening to her. They didn't even notice that she couldn't talk, you know, it's like, now's my time to make the advance to the pole position, like, I will kid, you know, ha ha ha, I think it's just that. They're just looking at her as the object to win. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, so before we leave Bermuda, they do this. It's a group date, and they go sailing. And um, and Jeff and Ari were on the same team. And, um, you know, and it was like a pretty major sailing race. And um, and that was the first time that Ryan – Ryan, over the course of these three episodes, calls her trophy wife probably 18,000 times, like, to her face. And she – she calls him out each time. Like, she doesn't take it lying down. And um, he, yeah, he's just kind of disgusting. Um, and then Jeff wraps her in a blanket. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Ari wraps her in a blanket and kisses her hair and brushes her hair as he kisses her. And Jeff misses the chance to kiss her. And then Kaylin, um, Kaylin says... As a bachelorette, oh no, this is okay. I'm. So, I feel like I'm all over the place. I'm so sorry. It's hard going in order on three episodes. Um, oh, I know. It's 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 impossible. But you know, I mean, I think the fact that this begins uh, the the discussion about Emily being a trophy wife is important. I mean, he yeah. Ryan is so gross, and he's also that guy. If you criticize him for the inherent sexism of saying trophy wife. His response would be something like, well, it's because you can't get a trophy wife or you want trophy wife material. He's just so, he's such a narcissist that I cannot take him, even though he's quite, quite entertaining. But I mean, this is a guy who said, you know, you best be getting your butt to the gym. Um, No, he's awful. He's awful. And he's dangerous because he's entertaining. Exactly. And he he says things like, God designed you to be a beautiful woman, so be a beautiful woman. No, he's, he's, well, we have more of him coming up because he has a one-on-one. But, like, yeah, he is, all right, let's just talk about Ryan. 
Ryan dresses, aside from in the ladies' tank tops, he wears, he wears like teal, teal driving loafers, <laughs> a lot of boot cut jeans, and he's really good at being flirty. He's a little bit of a bad boy. He's fun. He's handsome, and he's the most sexist. And he thinks he's he thinks he's fascinating, and he talks about himself in the third person. He admits to the camera he thinks that he should be the bachelor, um, and that he's upset. He sees her kissing Ari at a rose ceremony, and he gets very upset. And he basically like slut shames her to her face. He says, "As a bachelorette, she's been given a great responsibility, and I want to make sure she makes the most of it." Um, it's just like. Yeah, God designed you to be a beautiful woman, so be a beautiful woman. You know what I mean? I am praying for you that you would impart young, impact young ladies. And when I sit and watch you and Ari kissing, like, he just totally shamed her for kissing Ari. It's like... Yeah, and, and would, would he still be holding her to that high of a standard if Emily kissed him? Meaning, no. Meaning no, of course not. Of course not. Yeah. So, I mean... He's such a blowhard, and I, you know, I can deal with almost any type of person except for narcissistic guys like him lacking humility. He expects his girlfriend to defer to him and his duck dynasty love himself. I mean, he is. He's no, he's so awful. Gross. He's awful, so and gross. he's dangerous because he has a little charm. Like that's what makes him extra dangerous. Is a lot of the guys are boring. And he, they're so earnest, and he's got a little pepper in his body. He's a little bit of a rascal. You know, he's a little sassy, and he's good at it. But what I like about Emily is that ultimately, so eventually they go on a one-on-one date, and he reads her this list that he thinks, as he was the one that wrote her the seven-page letter that poor Tony had to listen to. And... He reads her a list of the 12 qualities he's looking for in a wife. And and it, what did he write? I'm gonna, I wrote them down. He wrote, so we also, the other guys hate him. The guys say that he shaves his legs and plucks his finger fingernail hair. Um, oh, that was beautiful. Chris said that. That oh. was terrific. Remember that actually from five years ago. That's that was a great line. Of course, he plucks his finger finger hairs. And then he also, rather than saying the world is our oyster, he's a dum dum. He's like the world is our pearl, you know. And, and she's like, it's our oyster. And he's like, well, I'm just that optimistic. I go right to pearls, you know. And then yeah. he calls her a trophy wife, and she calls him out, and he says, every man should believe his wife is a trophy. Um, I got the turquoise shoes on tonight to impress you. Uh, how are you? Sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. His list of 12 things. Oh my did God. you catch? I caught what some of them. Was? Well, the, before he even pulls out the list, she's wearing a gold dress. And he says, how are you going to say you don't want to be a trophy and you come dressed like that? Basically, like you're asking for it looking like a trophy. Like, um, so the 12. Date rapey. I know. 12 qualities I love to find in my life. He's also winks a lot, which is a real red flag. Um, there's a, a little quick one-eyed wink. Um, she's a servant. She puts her family before herself. The phrase servant. That's exactly what I had in my notes. He says all of these things, what he wants to find in a wife, you know, loyalty, faithful, you know, confident, all of, all of these, you know, relatively 
um, harmless uh, qualities. But then he has on his list someone who is a servant. What? Yeah. Always, what? always loves to catch my eye. Oh, if I were her, I would have gotten up and flipped the table on him. His servant? Are you freaking kidding me? Well, she immediately sent him home after that. and he, But yeah. he was such... A manipulator, and this is when I really didn't. I mean, I already didn't like him from once he said servant. I, and, you know what? And all the trophy wives, I was already like out. Then servant, and I was fully out. And then when she broke up with him, and he basically wouldn't let her, then I wanted to kick him in the dick. <laughs> and she and she said she sent him home, and she goes, "I'm shocked. Um, um, I'm telling her she is wrong." Um, and watching a man try to make a woman doubt herself. And, like, there was a moment where I thought it was going to work. And then she stuck to her guns and she sent him home. And I just – I loved her. Yeah. No, I, I thought she was going – and I had forgotten. I thought maybe she kept him around for the rose ceremony. But, you know, I love said that she doesn't want to fit into someone's mold. And he didn't have loving family on his list. And, you know, my favorite part of this whole scene was then when Ari <laughs> – Ari later on says, if Ryan is the next Bachelor, the next Bachelorette is a mirror. Which I thought was perfect. He's really charming hanging around. He, like, teases the guys, but not too much, you know? Like, he's really adorable. Mm -hmm. Um, Good riddance to Ryan. Yeah. You know what? By the end, I was like, ew. And it made me like Emily even more that she saw... Now, that she got rid of him. I have a question for you, and you texted me... So now, unfortunately, I did not, by the way, when I started this, as I needed to say with all of my seasons, I don't ever, I don't ever look at reality, Steve. I wanted to go in pure and just watch it. Unfortunately, you can't like Google her without immediately finding out who wins. So if you want to know, don't want to know who wins, don't Google her. Um, Her face in five years, she looks like a completely different person five years ago. Can we just also discuss that she had brand new teeth on this show? Like her teeth are so huge and she's just like always sucking on them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, she does look a little bit different, but what, what I will say is this is we have heard her say several times during this season that she wants to have a minivan full of babies. Yeah. And that is the truth. So this is, isn't going to give it away, but Emily Maynard has been pregnant pretty much since 2014. So she's been pregnant, um, with the exception of delivering children, since 2014. So she's been pregnant for three years. Oh my god! That so that's why she looks. That's why she looks so different because she's either just given birth, or is you know newly pregnant or fully pregnant. Wow. Yeah. Dude. So she's pregnant. With, I think she's pregnant with her fourth child now. Are you serious? Dude, there was one week of my life where my body, I think, was trying to get pregnant, and I went from a C to a D cup in one week, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and I don't know if I was or I was, but I mean, it was like literally seven days where it was like, whoa, whoa. Like, my boobs just, I had to go buy new bras. That was just one week, much less three full years. I, I think we we probably have uh, different experiences. As you remember, when I uh, underwent the IVF drugs, yeah. I was texting you scenes from Rocky or something. Yes, yes. 
Dude, that's right. The sentimental that, uh, yeah. that's dude. how I get sentimental as I watch rock. Dude, it like, I, I gotta say it, I can't imagine being pregnant for three years straight or giving birth yeah. or just getting that. Okay. There you go. Well, I think I would, I don't know what I would look like pregnant for three years. That sounds horrible. Um, so then there's a two-on-one date. I guess it was in Bermuda, so we're all over the place. We're back in Bermuda. There's a two-on-one date with Wolf versus Nate, two guys who look exactly alike, two kind of milk toast, middle-of-the-pack guys. Neither of them will ever stand a chance to win. At first, they go cliff jumping. Um, meanwhile, back at, back at base camp, like the roidy Doug is fighting with that guy Chris over their age thing. Did we talk on air about Chris? Was that did we actually say it on the podcast? You know, I'm too self conscious to listen to the podcast. So okay, I don't know. If we there was a list of what we were supposed to start with. Okay, I don't know. Okay, so um, they go cliff jumping, and then they they go deep down into like a, what is it a Sanoa? What do you a Sonota? That was like their underground caves where there's like water, and um, they there's like. There's no conversation happening with the three of them, and neither of them are confident enough to be like, "Hey, can I talk to you for a second? So it's just three people sitting in silence on, in a cave, and this is how we know that it's 2012 because one of the guys goes, "Is this quinoa?" And they, and they go, "What is? It? It's a really good fiber." I'm like, "Oh my god, that's quinoa! It's quinoa, yeah. quinoa!" And I'm like, "Oh, that's." Quinoa. That's how far we've come in five years. In 2012, he goes, I know what this is. It's quinoa. Like <laughs> That dinner scene was so awkward, and Nate started crying when he was talking about his brother. Oh. And there's got to be more to the story. I, I, I didn't quite understand. What was what he was saying about. about his brother? I know he was crying. Yeah, it was It was something about how he loved his family. and But that was the only notable component of it because oh, it was no. such a boring date. We had a bunch of guys crying uh, uh, after this sailing thing. Charlie, the guy, the poor sweet guy who fell from a, from the balcony onto his head was wrapped his head in a shirt and was crying in the van because he didn't get more alone time with her. Oh, yeah. And then later on in the episode, Wolf starts crying and, like, he can tell that he's on, like, that he might be cut. And he, like, he's, like, trying to show her how sensitive he is. So he pulls his grandparents' funeral cards out of his wallet. And, uh, which feels somewhat manipulative when you know her husband, like, her fiancé's dead. It's, like, pull, and he's actually pulling out, like, death cards. Like, pulling the death card to not get eliminated. Oh, yeah. I thought I that was. He said he believed his grandfather was his guardian angel. Uh, so manipulative. You know, I have to say, I was, I was touched. Of course, I was touched, and she was as well. But when people have to pull a death card to not get eliminated, they they don't want to bone you, but they can't eliminate you that week. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. So she sent home. She sent home the one that was tearing up about his brother. She kept the dud that knew what quinoa was. And then there was a group date where Jeff wore shorts with knee-high socks. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. He had uh, shorts and blue socks and uh, felt very confident in his his outfit. 
Uh, and of course he, he can pull it off because he's so cute. He's so cute. Um, and this is the episode where I, I guess I have to include this somewhere because it is a, a tragic, uh, a tragic Oh, it's so sad. Yes. Is, um, at the, on episode four, um, one of the contestants, um, I think his name is Michael. Um, he's the guy with the long hair. I know. He, he ended up um, dying of a drug overdose this I year. Know. And so, as you recall, he was a rehab counselor. He was um, sweet. Yeah. And he, he actually wasn't featured uh, that much on this season. I know. Um, but many of the contestants um, said very, very nice things about about him. And he's, unfortunately, he passed away. I know. It's so sad. He's so, he seems so sweet. I know it's, it's weird getting to look up everybody. And it was still at that time where, um, it's still at that time where she would sit down with Chris Harrison. They had photos like in pier one frames of each of the guys on like a dresser. And she would uh-huh. hold up all the photos. I didn't want to brush past it. I read that, and that made me sad for that guy. He was lovely on it. And I know all the guys said he was really nice, so I don't want to, like, belittle that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but it was interesting, like, just even seeing the progression of the show, how she would go and have to hold up each guy's face in a frame and then discuss them one by one with, like, Chris Harrison, like, who – and, like, was very open about who she's thinking about eliminating. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, uh, the show has evolved in, in several ways over the past five years. I mean, a- another thing that we, we didn't mention is um, you see on the two-on-one date with Wolfner and Nate, the guy who said uh, Quinoa or whatever he said, is that um, this was before they started putting rivals or manufactured rivals. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, so this is not, you know, normally now when we watch The Bachelor, you have two people that kind of hate each other or there's some sort of drama or right. manufactured drama. It's like Alex and Alex and Chad or, or um, you know, the twin versus Kenny. Olivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kenny and Lee. Yeah, that's right. And... You know, again, you don't see people packing their suitcases for every single date with her. You see it for the two-on-one, but not for every single date. Uh, um, yes. Uh, you also see in London, this again shows you how far back they had to go get their bachelor. Um, her little girl is like taking pictures with a real camera of the castles and stuff. Like, there's no, no, nobody has cell phones out and about. They have their Blackberries, but people are taking pictures with real camera phones, like real cameras everywhere. That's right. Yeah. I noticed that too. That, that's, that's right. No iPhones. Um, so she goes, it's so weird. Cause it's like, I had an iPhone in 2007. Like, but I guess Twitter, I don't know, Instagram, I, I don't know. It feels like it was filmed like a decade ago. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah you know, there. we have to also remember that not, the contestants are not allowed to have phones when they film. Right. But you would think that that maybe Ricky would have, I don't know, would she have an iPhone? Um, so there is there is that. It's nobody, you, we will not see an iPhone for the most part. Um, when we watch The Bachelor, unless it's some parent calling their child and crying. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which they do also on Project Runway, my other favorite. Um, I need to take a pee break. Will you hold for a second? Yes. Okay, I'll be right back. 
Bye. Hold on, guys. Okay. Okay. Um, yes. By the way, I see all your texts. Hi. You, you can just say them out loud. You can just say them all out loud. Okay. Let's start with the, your first text, which is what it was your first text. What did you just text me? Um, oh, yeah. Chris and Doug fighting about. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's start with that. So, um, so back at the ranch, Crit Doug, who's like the hothead, and by the ranch I mean like whatever Ramada they're in. Uh, Doug, who's the Hulk. Um, there's this guy, Chris, and I can't remember if last episode we said on air or not. I thought he was adorable and sweet, and you said he's. Yes, I think you did say it on air that he's the guy who's been more times than anybody ever on. Um, the Bachelor franchise, and he was addicted to The Bachelor. So they started, exactly. but he got like compulsively obsessed with, um, like, Doug didn't seem to be prodding him any further, and like he couldn't let go that he'd given him a hard time about being young, and like Chris became obsessed with wanting to fight with him about it. Yeah, he's got a complete complex, and you know, he said, I'm a grown ass man. And he he really wants to pick a fight. You know, I have to guess that he must have been pretty drunk. Yeah, that's a good guess. Yeah. No, and he and and like and like Doug was so condescending about the whole thing. Like, so I wanted to punch Doug, and I wasn't even in a fight with Doug, and I felt like Doug was. It's that same thing of, like, I scolded all of them. He has that holier-than-thou vibe. And they all know he's full of shit because at the end of the day, he is the guy that shot the gun into the ground. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Well, it was weird seeing, seeing this interaction because you don't get a sense of any other conflict between these guys. No. Because Chris said that Doug was over-the-top humble, and then they start to argue about, age and you know it, it, the whole thing was just so stupid yeah um, it, it, they're just both so insecure yeah and, um, and and Doug wasn't wasn't having it but you know what uh, you know you put these two guys in a room you're gonna have an insecurity explosion it's it, not a good look um, so then another thing that we want to talk about in London there was a one-on-one date with Sean Lowe, because I asked you if he was the virgin, the boarding in virgin, and Emily, that you thought it was a really good date. It was, they sort of took in the sights of London, and it was interesting. It was like two dum-dums listening to her be like, this is Westminster Abbey. This is where, like, just, oh, just hearing the British history tour. Oh, I mean, she's so sweet, but, like, Having her explain, so she takes him to a date at the Tower of London, and they get locked. She's like, "You're my prisoner of love. This is where Henry the Eighth locked up two of his wives, and he had them beheaded." It's like, oh my god! And like, actually, I've been to the Tower of London, which is actually really neat, and it does. I mean, there's so much history there, and just knowing that now the history that's there is also filled with Emily Maynard. And Sean Lowe having dinner there, aside from, like, all of the, it's just insane. Yeah. You know, it, I will give Sean bonus points because he has talked about Ricky a lot. Yeah. And I liked that he said he didn't have a shadow of a doubt that he could be a dad to Ricky. Yes. Um, he clearly has the same faith 
yes. that Emily has. He's adorable. Um, what I don't like about Sean yeah. is that he is really into this idea that he wants somebody who will let him lead, which again... He says that a few times. You're, I didn't like yes. it either. He is very much, I think, he, in, in many ways, he's very much a believer of that the, the man heads up the house and he wants he wants to lead and he wants her to follow, which, you know, maybe maybe she wants at this point as well. But um, that's the one area where I'm like, oh, come on, Sean. You're a pretty good guy. You're a great match with her. I know. But I'm not, I know. I know. I'm not into it. I'm not into it either. I'm like, I grew up in a house with such a strong mom that was like, if somebody said to me, I want to leave, I mean, no, to me, I'm just, I am way too independent for like, I would, I would just be like a rat in a cage. Just like, no way. No yeah, way. I know that, that would freak me out. Yeah. But you know, he's, he's, um, he's clearly a good guy. He says, uh, he says so much. He says there are good guys. I'm, I'm one of them. And she says, uh, I feel less butterflies in my stomach, and this may sound cheesy, but I feel them more in my heart. Yeah. So, and, and I get that sense that she likes him a lot, but I don't feel that chemistry. She doesn't want to get. Her. She doesn't want to get into the bone dome with him. No, you know what? And when she kisses him, I don't know if you noticed this. The the first few times she's kissed him, she's rubbed his back so vigorously, like he lost circulation in his lats. I don't know muscles. I don't even know how to oh. that. I'm not feeling the passion from them. That's and, interesting. You know, I know that they seem like they are the perfect match because they have that Southern thing going on. They have the religious thing going on. You know, it's true. They're, they're a match made in heaven, like the prototypical Barbie and Ken for white America. I yeah. Mean, for crying out loud, they are so vanilla. I feel like Steve Harvey, and I'm about as white as they come. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. They yeah. are so unbelievably well-matched, that it's surprising to me that she seems to have such a draw towards Ari and Jeff. But, but at the end of the day, that and that's why Ryan made it as far as you need a little sex appeal. There's right. no sex appeal. Yeah. No, it's true. I, I mean, and he has, he is checking all the boxes, but there's just not that. Now, now I know, and again, just because I know when do we hear that he's a born again virgin? Because like, he hasn't said it yet. I don't know actually if he ever says it. Um, so why there is some? Well, I don't want to go for it. I don't want to give it away. Give it away. <laughs> you know, I I don't think he he actually says it uh, ever uh, in his bachelor time. But um, I see. I believe when he. Uh, when he makes it a little bit further on in the season, it's addressed that he may not want to spend the night with her. Ah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Oh my God. I know. I was actually wondering how that would work with like, this is such a chaste season and there's been a kid around. I'm like, what happens at fantasy suite? Like what? This is a different kind of season. This is a more formal old-fashioned season, you know? Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, okay, so then we have the main villain 
Kaylin. So the big controversy, and this sort of rattled all the, it, there was ramifications for everybody. Kaylin of the shiny face and the plastic surgery, he's the one that all the guys hate. He flew in on the helicopter and he makes, he real, and he, by the way, is the son of a single mom. Um, he makes a comment that Ricky is, ba- her, her daughter is baggage and that you're always going to be on a two-on-one date with her because it's going to be, she and Ricky is always going to be part of it. I hear you typing. What are you typing? No, no, I'm not typing. This is actually me biting my nails. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So that Biggie, that Ricky is, um, and so there's, I'll take, I'll to, uh, there's going to be a, oh, she's a sick mother who has a child waiting for her. Ugh. And she is so, eventually, the Hulk tells her that. And I loved her line. I want to go West Virginia hood rat backwoods on his ass. I know. That was a terrific, terrific line. And you know what? This, this particular scene was really sad to me. And this is the one the one scene where I appreciated Doug turning into a Hulk and telling Emily because she looked so hurt when I know. Doug tells her. And I it's know. really painful to watch. I agree with you. you know, and, and what's sad is that, you know, immediately she went to, you know, what's the most ladylike or graceful way to handle it. And, you know, it makes me sad that she can't just have her feelings. But then I love the fact that she said that West Virginia hood rat thing and said she wants to rip his limbs off and beat him with it. And then she and then she had a, the great line in the moment. I never have a good line in the moment. She had a great line in the moment where she threw back in his face the line, I'd love to hear you talk, but not until that done. Until I'm done, I got that line from you. Oh, yes. so good. It was so good because she confronted him about whether he said it and he admitted he did. And she said that Ricky was the furthest thing from baggage. And then, you know, my favorite part, which many people recalled actually during this season when Rachel confronted Demario, is she said, do you have anything to say for yourself? And he said, no. And she said, then get the fuck out. Yes. I really appreciated that and as you remember in Rachel's season she was very firm with Demario and kicking him out and I, you know I also it felt it was so heartfelt she talked about how he had a single mom and how dare he and how it's so disappointing and so inappropriate and yeah. insulting and I was just you know I wanted to stand up and give her a standing ovation I loved her I loved the way she handled it I loved the way I loved the way she handled Ryan I, I felt like and she did it with no voice. I mean, she yeah. was, she had no voice. She had such bad laryngitis, and she, but she pulled from it the strength. And then she basically was like, "I'm not giving a ro- group rose date out. Why didn't any of you guys have my back and tell me?" And like, I appreciated that. Yeah, you know, I appreciated that. It was almost like she forgot about the production. And so when Doug went to comfort her, she pretty yeah. much gave him a stiff arm and yeah. said. No, she needs to be by herself. You know, I will say, it, it, I don't know when the guys would have told her, because if you think about it... I know. You know, they could have told her before the Shakespeare date, and then that day would have been ruined. The day, you know, I think there was the date with Sean. So I'm not sure. I think there might have been an eight-hour gap, so I'm not sure exactly And it's also like there's... they could have told her, 
but I, I certainly, I really appreciate the way she handled it. Me too. And it, but it is just like a fine line because you look at this show and you see the guys that are the tattletales. Like, you don't want to be like, what was it, Iggy? Iggy was such a tattle. It's like, but this is like actually about her kid, you know? So I could, uh-huh. like, she had a point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really, really respected the way she dealt with that. But um, it is the equivalent of this year with, like, the racist in the house, you know? It's like, uh-huh. it's the same kind of bit huge thing that, like, you know, yeah. it's, it's hard. It, it, you know, that was, so we're glad that friggin' Callan gets to go back to the West Egg and be his asshole self. Yeah. Um, but... Now we get to see Jeff, right? Because yes. they have not had a one-on-one date. Okay, so Jeff gets a one-on-one date, and he, right at the top, he just calls out. He's like, I heard you were upset. I want you to know I was the one talking to him. I stood up to him. Like, he owned it right away. He was lucky because he'd been given warning, you know. Um, uh-huh. They go to this etiquette school with this lady named Jean who is a afternoon tea with Jean and she's basically like the biggest cock block in all of England <laughs> she is she's so horrible it was like going on a date with your friggin parent yeah it was really rough it was like it was really the least sexy third party you could have on a date and Jean was talking a lot so like they couldn't even chat so then they snuck out and they went on the London Eye, which is the giant um, Ferris wheel where you get to eat dinner in your own pod and look over London. And he hasn't kissed her yet. He, he missed his opportunity on the beach in Bermuda when he had his arm around her and there was fireworks. Um, he's like, he's intimidated by her. And he missed his chance overlooking London in the eye. And then he gets out and he seizes the opportunity and overlooking the river in London there's a great kiss. Yeah. And, you know, Jeff is so full of good lines. And I don't mean that disparagingly. I mean that he seems so genuine yeah. when he says his lines. So, for instance, um, Callan, when he referred to Ricky as baggage, he said, Ricky is only baggage if she is a Chloe handbag, which I have no idea what that is, but whatever. Yes. Or, you know, a vintage Louis Vuitton. Yeah, he did. I that mean, was good. He was pretty good line. Yeah, it was a really, really good natural. line. He's adorable. So he's a former Mormon. That's interesting. I was wondering because he lives in Salt Lake and he's so handsome. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, and you know, he. I, I really, so part of the reason why I really like this season is because when Jeff talks, Jeff and Ari for that matter, I am totally engaged. Yeah. And I think it's because they are so thoughtful and introspective and really good at expressing their feelings eloquently. Yeah. And that's why this season is so good. They were cool, non-douchey guys, despite what Reality Steve said, who are able to go beyond the typical love cliches. They were like real guys who are totally dateable. Yeah. No, they were adorable. And again, they were kind of hipster, which is weird. They were skinny and... You know, they weren't all roidy, but they were cute as can be. Jeff had, like, a charity that he started, like, for water. Like, he – I'm not exactly – it's, like, Tom's, but of water. I'm not sure. Um, um, yeah, it was really – it was a good date. She likes him, and he likes her. And 
And it's a weird pairing because he is sort of like this little hipster and she's sort of the Southern beauty queen. And it's an interesting combo. It's such an interesting combo. And he is so much smaller than all of the other buff guys, including Ari. Ari's not buff, but he's, he's no, much smaller. He's a little, he's like a little nerdy guy who's adorable. He's like a little skateboarder. And so, you know, and I appreciated that he promised to never lie to her. And he said he feels like he can trust her. Uh, but I also, I really appreciated when he said that, um, he want he wants the rose, but more than that, he wanted Emily. Again, such a great line. Such a good line. Now I've gone in deep online. He does live with he does live with the Falcon in Venice now, and he dated Christina. I eat lipstick this summer. So again, I think the tsunami of Poon that rains down on them after the franchise. I mean, to be five years out, that's like McConaughey's character in Dazed and Confused who's like the senior that won't leave. Like, if in two, if you were on in 2012 and you were like, search out the Falcon to be roommates with and you're dating present day cast-offs, it's time to move on, man. Yeah, uh, apparently well, Reality Steve says that he desperately wanted to be on, you know, a, a, a variety of spinoffs, um, but that was not in the cards. But still, I will say he is still one of my favorites because all I have to go on is what I see on screen. And, uh, you know, you can read Reality Steve and you can read these gossip rags and you can, of course, um, hear that there's a different story. But what I've seen, he's entirely adorable. The fact that he said he would be having a dance party with Ricky singing into brushes while he comes out, that's cute. I'll take it. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. And yet, why don't they have him on? He's adorable. Why don't they have him on any of the franchises? Do you know what I mean? Well, reality like, Steve says that he is not well-liked from production. I, don't, so. I have a friend who worked in production who didn't like him. But why? He seems so adorable. That's what I don't know. I'm going to text him right now. Should we, should we, should we, should we? He seems so sweet. You know, that he, he's a good interview. He talks, he's a good narrator. He talks about how he wants to be best friends with her. Should I try to add him into the phone call right now? I don't care. Hold on one second. I'm going to see if I can add him in. Let's see if I can do this. My new phone is kind of sassy. Okay, let's see. You are so impressive. Look at you. You have these bachelor people at, you know, at your fingertips. Okay, wait a minute. Let's see. Let's call him. We're going to call him. Hello. Hello. I'm trying to merge you. Um, I'm trying to merge you. Shit. But my phone is sassy. It's not allowing me to merge the call. Okay, so I'm doing the podcast right now. You're on the podcast. Why did you, why did you hate Jeff? I don't, I'm not saying your last uh, name. You're not, your last name is not on this. Okay. I, I wish. You're going to change the uh, audio of my voice too. Okay, wait. I don't know what my, I have a new stupid phone that's not letting me. Hold on. Let me just text Lori that I'm going to call her back. Um, okay. Hold on a second. I have this dumb new phone that is not. Okay. Okay. Gonna uh, call you back. Okay. Um, okay. Okay, so you, what was wrong with, what was wrong with Jeff? So Jeff was always felt too, like, hipster, cool dude. He didn't ever feel like, um, 
didn't feel like he had the emotional gravity to be a like husband or anything. And Emily had a kid. Now, is this? Are you the fun choice? Are you saying this as a viewer or as a person who worked there? Uh, Both, because I was a viewer long before I worked on the show. But in dealing with him, was he nice? I never had to deal with any of them directly. Okay. So I focused mainly on the after show. Did people so did, I, did people like him? That? Did the people in production like Jeff? It wasn't like uh, like they didn't like or not like him. I never heard anything bad about him. It just was he never felt right for Emily. And I think the show overall benefits from when it's like a good, solid relationship where America can look at it and be like, they make sense together. Yeah. And okay. they, we want to strive to have something like that. And then and he never felt that way. And did production like Ari? Yeah, I think Ari was always on the radar to be either the winner or the next Bachelor. Yeah. Um, and I always felt, this is just me speculating, but I always felt like Emily positioned Sean in a place where he could be the Bachelor. So I think she respected him, but she wasn't like into him. No, we were just saying that they had no chemistry, that there was no chemistry. Right. But I think she was like, he's a great guy. He deserves this. Right. And so I, it, it never felt like they got along, but she strung him along for a long time. Uh, not strung him along, but kept him around. Right. And kept him. He never had like a, a big controversy or anything. So he rolled right into being the next bachelor, which I think he's one of the best bachelors. I did well, watch I him. To my wife about this whole thing after we were texting last night. Yeah. And she apparently loved Ari the whole run. Okay. And she said he was her favorite. Like, she thought he was attractive and, and charming and interesting the whole way. Can you get some dirt, um, and maybe we'll call you next week, um, can you get some dirt on if production, if Ari's actually still a good guy? Because it seems like he might have had a tsunami of poon since the show ended, and he might be a dirt ball. I can try. Nobody, we, we worked on this a long time ago. Okay. Nobody I know still that worked on it then with me works on it still. I respect you. I, I accept your rose. I accept your rose. <laughs> well, th- thank you so much for your intel, and uh, and I will uh, I will smell you later, Gator. Sounds wonderful. All right, you'll you'll hear yourself this week. Okay, goodbye. Can't wait. Okay, bye. bye. Okay, guys, I have this one of these new iPhone. I have the iPhone seven, and it is so irritating. Um, I I have very bad luck with technology. My I, I'm pretty convinced I have a plate in my head, um, and my friend Chris can attest to that. My new phone is a demon, Lori. Sorry to hear that. It's quite all right. I have that guy. I talked to him. So basically, it was more his. Um, uh, he didn't have any actual interactions with Jeff. It was more his his uh, personal feeling. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there we go. We got to the bottom of that. We got to the bottom of that. Um, yeah. Um. So emily then after the jeff the date with jeff goes well so then emily is ari gets basically our our bachelor is like in the hot seat because um 
she held him to a higher standard than the other guys. And she was really upset that he didn't say something to her about the villain, uh, Kaylin. And she says, Ari lost his chance. We didn't speak up to Kaylin. And, um, and she's really upset. And then at the end of the episode, after she kicks out Ryan, Ari pulls a move, which I didn't even know you were legally allowed to do. He goes over to her hotel and they hang out on her bed and make out. And then she gives, she, he apologizes and she gives him a rose in advance. <laughs> well, no, they were just pretending with that. I know, rose. but still. Yeah, no, it, she was very, very clear that she wanted to, to keep him around because he was nervous that the last episode when she, you know, gave him a piece of, of her mind. Um, but then he was so pleased when she let go of Ryan, who is the douchey McDoucherson. Yeah, and that he snuck in and made out with her in her hotel room. And But what we, you didn't mention, and I'm not sure if you're going to get to it, is when they went on a walk. Oh, uh, yeah. oh so yes. good. They go on a walk at the rose ceremony, and he... Basically, they're like, and she, basically, they're like, I just, I don't want to, I don't, I just want to hang out. Let's just make this walk last forever. It's like really slow. We'll go really slow. And then he like, they look in the shop window and then he basically kisses her up against the wall. Like Jordan Rogers did a lot of wall kissing with Jojo, but this was the hottest wall kiss in the history of The Bachelor. Absolutely. So he was he was worried, and he went on a walk with Emily, and that's the closest there has ever been to love making on The Bachelor. That kiss right there, everyone knew it too. When that happened in 2012, it lit America on fire. Tell me everything. People went bonkers for Ari over that kiss against the wall. It was really good. It was. It was. That guy has game. He does. He does like a face. There's like a. He does like a face rub and like a hair smooth. It's almost a little. It's like it makes me embarrassed to be watching. Yeah, I was actually watching it on the plane, and I was tilting my computer screen so I (laughs) so the people next to me could see it. Yeah, because I was blushing. No, it's like it makes you nervous watching it. It's so intimate. Yeah, and he, I think I said during the last podcast, uh, Courtney Robertson, who won uh, yeah. the Atlantic season, it's said just, that he was the best lover she's ever been. Of course he was. Of course yeah, he is. Of course he was. No, he is Clearly. a sensual creature. This guy is born to make out. He is born to bone. <laughs> he is. He is. He is born to bone. I'm happy for him. I'm really happy he's the bachelor. I mean, you know what, Lori? I am. T- I'm really happy we decided. This is no small time commitment. I mean, this takes up hours. Every this is, <laughs> and I'm working like 16 hour days, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see what's going on. First of all, it's a joy. It's a joy. Secondly, he, I'm glad because I was not feeling him, and now it's like, oh my god, he's a really good. There's not that many great contestants like him. He's a really good contestant. I hope he hasn't been ruined by all of the humping he's done since 2012. 
You know what? I think he was healthy before then, too. Me, too. There's no way he wasn't. It was a good season. They were a good crop of guys. I think that, I think this tsunami of bachelor hump beyond just being a hot race car driver, I think this specific bachelor hump can creep out. I think can make a guy creepy. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll know. Yeah. We got our eye on him. Wow. Yeah. So I like how he's self-effacing, though. He is. He's really, he's so charming. Well, we'll see. The 2012 version of himself is Charmant. Um, one of the guys that was eliminated over the course of these three episodes was, was Alejandro, the mushroom farmer. Oh, yes. And he was, I looked at him, I'm like, he was so hot. And then I'm like, so, but I'm like, oh, she wants money. She's not going to pick a mushroom farmer. And then I looked him up. He's like a gazillionaire. He start. he went, the poor guy, he had cancer. He survived a kidnapping attack. A, a, he got kidnapped as a kid in Colombia. Um, and he went to, he moved his, his mom was an engineer who moved him to like Michigan. And he was like the only kid. He didn't speak English when he was like 13 or something. And then he ended up going to Berkeley and then he dropped out and he started this. They make him sound like some kind of like hippie, you know, stoner mushroom farmer. He's like, he's like on Forbes magazine. He started this mega company. The It's like, it's no joke. This hot dude, if Alejandro is still available, he was sweet. He was hot. He's an entrepreneur. He's had this terrible story, but it probably gives him humanity. He was quite a catch and it never was mentioned. Exactly. Again, it, just like the guy who rode the horse in Rachel's season, who was like the Fulbright scholar, he's probably one of the most interesting guys on The Bachelorette who receives zero screen time. I yeah. mean, he supplies healthy foods to elementary schools. He's got a terrific story, and we saw nothing. Mu- nothing. They belittle him to mushroom farmer. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> It's exactly. like Berkeley grad, former cancer survivor, like cancer survivor, former hostage, like entrepreneur who who like made his way, you know, as a as a kid, like first generation kid in the U.S., like and is now like a complete success story. Like, how about that? How about that? Let's have him be the bachelor. I liked Alejandro. He's so yeah, cute, he's too. He should have had more screen time. Um, there is also a date in the Highlands. There was also a date in Croatia where they treated it like they were in Scotland. It made no sense. They had to put on kilts and do the Highland games after watching the movie Brave. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How about that plug? Oh, my God. They had to watch Brave. And then she was a really good shot with a bow and arrow. And... Um, uh, but these guys, they, they had a guy with like a Scottish accent and it's like they to ride donkeys and the guy, the outtakes of the guys riding donkeys was really cute and funny. And that's uh, my favorite part of, of them riding the mini donkeys. Oh my God. And the guys look kind of hot in the kilts. Yeah, they do. I know. I mean, I was like, they all like, they looked really cute in the kilts and they had to go throw like giant logs and, I mean, and then, like, there was, like, a, I mean, it was, like, a very he-man thing, and then she picked the guy, Chris, who lost, but um, gave it his all. Yes. So, and he 
was he was uh, very excited about receiving the pity rose. He was the pity rose. It was the thing. It was the everybody gets a trophy rose. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, Chris had horrible archery form. Oh my god, his um, archery form. I mean, I would imagine I would have horrible archery. I would have bet it would be like what my mom or I, like Janet Marine or our, or we would. I just, I just talked to the third person, like Doug. Um, it was my, it was my spiders that made me do it. Um, but, but like, yeah, his knees. He was like knock kneed and sway backed, and he put his booty out, and like. It was the world's worst archery form. And then it went it like, really was. and he's like a really big guy. And it went like two inches, the arrow. I know. Poor guy. He's so insecure. He didn't need one more thing to make, make himself feel even more insecure. I, now that I know his story, I look at him and I'm like this poor, sweet, hot guy who looks as my friend Brett, who we, we just called he said that he always thought he looked like a Disney villain. He does look like a Disney villain. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. I always thought he looked like that Muppet, uh, you know, with the unibrow. But, yeah, I can see that. The eagle? Yeah, the eagle. He does kind of look like the eagle. Um, yeah. Uh, I just look at him. It's weird, you know, because it's so long ago and you know what happens to all these guys. The fact that he – I kind of do remember him going on Bachelor in Paradise and, like, getting addicted. I mean, not, I, I do remember, it's sad, it's sad that, like, people, like, because they go in all innocent, and then they come out, and it airs, and everybody sees it, it's just like, oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, uh, I felt bad for him. Well, this has been such an exciting marathon, Lori. I guess, I guess next week will take us, I mean, probably through to the end, I think. I don't know. Oh, really? I don't know. We might have to do two episodes. There's so much to cover. All right, so we'll do two episodes, and guess what? I'll be calling probably with Janet Marina Mittens from New York. Oh, yay. <laughs> she's going to start watching. Um, yeah, she's bringing Mittens and Janet. Janet might be on with me. She has a lot of opinions. So funny listening because she listens to the podcast, and she gets slightly confused about she thought that I thought that Daniel from Canada was super hot and I'm like what are you talking about like we love Alex the Russian but um anyway uh okay speaking of Alex the Russian I have a verbal yes from Alex the Russian if he's available because it's so far out but I have a verbal yes from Alex the Russian for San Francisco more to be revealed but um it would be the last weekend of January um, in San Francisco, and we're, we're, we're going to try for Peter. I'm going to wait a little bit to try to pin him down because it's so far out, but um, I'm going to fucking capture Peter in a bag. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, so we think we had so many great emails this week. Lori, you've been a hit. I'm just going to read a couple of emails. So we are at rosepodcast at gmail.com. Oh, this is from um, the lovely gal who sent us pictures. There's a picture of her on Alex's back. She went to one of the uh, events in Nashville. I think she went to Danielle's charity. So this is from Emily Teleposky. 
Hi, Arden. I'm watching Emily's season based off the episode that you posted this week, and I have to say I am loving it. I have to say I am digging Ari. I am three episodes in as well, and I really want Emily to pick him. Side note, my roommate came home while I was watching and was like, are you seriously watching a five-year-old episode of The Bachelorette? I felt like he had walked into me in my opium den. Um I hope you come to New York. I've gotten a few of my bachelor friends into your podcast. Um, so thank you for emailing Emily. Um, okay. Then we have waiting with bated breath. This is from Hallie. I apologize. I apologize if I'm not saying this correct. When I realized that those photos may not have been that from that, the photos that I just said were from that girl were not from that girl. That's my apology. Um, so this is from Hallie Burbige. Dearest Arden, this week I came back from vacation and was dreading having to return to work. But then I discovered that I had a new episode of Will You Accept This Rose podcast to listen to on my commute to work, and my day was lifted. I started my work day with a big old smile. Um... Let's see. I don't need my favorite Bachelor guys to be there to ensure that I be there ready for the most fun ever. But since you asked, here are my over-the-top dirty dream stars. Peter, because I want you to convince him to spill why he didn't want to be the Bachelor and he's just so beautiful. Dean, because Dean, yum. Eric, because he won me over on Rachel's season after not being into him until the last two episodes. Wells, because he's my favorite ever. Alex, because of the summer suit he wore on your show. There's so many. There's so many. So he, so good. P.S. Today, when you said a tsunami of poon, I snorted so loudly on the bus, my seatmate was giving me side eye the rest of the ride. <laughs> um, okay, and here's one more email from Rachel Wheeler. Arden, I came across your incredible podcast in August, and I'm obsessed. My 63-year-old mom was visiting from Nashville. She doesn't even watch any of the Bachelor shows. I got her hooked. I've sent her on a mission to find all Bachelor peeps in, Washington, in the Nashville area, and it became pardon me, and become their therapy raccoon. She's even started calling me bunny and kitty cat. Ridiculous. Um, so thank you for emailing Rachel Wheeler. You're truly doing the Lord's work. Keep it up. Well, we just love doing it. So um, you guys set your calendars. We will be in San Francisco the last weekend of January. Um, so Aaron will be there with me. Lori will be there. So uh, hopefully, and we will have some bachelor peeps and hopefully Heitner, Bad, uh, Paget, and Rob. And um, as you know, we love animals. I'm batch, and uh, will you accept this rose? And Katie and Anna and Lori all live in Northern California and all those terrible fires. So there's some websites that we're going to put on our Facebook page for there's all these displaced animals and they're providing food and vet care to people whose pets were injured and their homes were destroyed. But there's the so Sonoma Humane Society, the Napa Humane Society, the um, Marin County Humane Society. There's a place helping horses and farm animals called the Jameson Animal Rescue Ranch. And places helping wild animals um, called the discoverwildcare.org. And they'll all be on our website. So, that's Oh, it. that's so nice that you're doing that. Well, we're obsessed with animals and all those poor animals. Like they need yeah. help people. All those poor people lost their homes. Did you see the, there was a reunion between a Bernie's Mountain Dog and some <gasps> family that uh, lost their entire home, and they were hiking up to the rubble, and they were calling the dog's name, just hoping that the dog hadn't died, and they were reunited, and <gasps> the dog came out of the rubble, it's so sweet. No! Yeah, oh, send it to me, or we'll put it on the page. Um, yeah. Lori, Wow. Yeah, 789 right. is the next one. All right. Episode 789. That's a, those are 
quite a few episodes to get through, I will say. Should we do seven and eight? Should we? Should we just do two, two, and two? How many are left? So we have seven through 12. We could do seven and eight, and then do another one with nine and ten. And then I mean, and you know we're not going to be able to resist ourselves, but if we could only watch two, I might have to watch three, though. You know what? We'll stay seven and eight, but it might be seven, eight, and nine. Okay. Whatever you say, boss. Oh, my God. I I guess we'll see what Janet Marine has up her sleeve. I just love – it's so fun. I mean, how fun is this? It's great. I mean, this is a great season. Lori, you really – is there any gossip that you need us to know? Is there anything that – is there anything that we need to know, Ken Burns? Oh, gosh. Let's see. Um you know, I can't really think of anything at the moment. I'm sure there'll be there'll be something coming. I think Demario and Corinne went on some red carpet date together, oh, which was interesting. God. Um, and uh, what else do I have? Is Rachel notes? still with Brian? Yes, they and, are still together. And Wells has a girlfriend in Los Angeles. That's yes, not. That's Wells not has me. A girlfriend that he's not calling his girlfriend in Los Angeles. He's not calling her his girlfriend. Yeah, but they are. Who is it? I don't know who it is. We, he, he has not mentioned it because we, we're such close friends. <laughs> we need to find out who it is. And had, um, you know what we need to do? When I get back to L.A., you should come down to L.A. and we should do a road trip podcast where we go to see Dean. Oh, my God. That would be a dream. I can't even. Well, um, Lori. Well, you know what we should do is – you, Dean, and I should go on a road trip to Colorado Springs. Oh my god, that's, that's a great idea. That's such a good idea. That's such right. I feel like he would really enjoy that. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you enjoy it? I mean, I know you and I would really enjoy it, but I feel like we could really win him over by the end. If I mean, no problem, we could win him over. He, he we just let, we can let Dean be Dean. That's the thing. We don't judge Dean like the rest of America judges Dean. We just accept our Deanie baby. Exactly. Come on. Oh, my God. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to try to play the theme song, and will you help sing me out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know it's up in here. It feels so good. Yes. I I accept it. My zit spiders accept your rose. (laughs) Will you accept my zit spider? I don't know if for all of you who are curious. There's a video on YouTube of that song that we that Anna edited together that's amazing. Okay, thank you for listening, you guys. Bye. Now leaving nerdist.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, 
You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.